What's your podcast about? Superheroes. It's a little geeky, but I think you guys are going to like it. Try not to be too geeky. No, I can't promise that. Should we begin? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. And now, your hosts, Kelsey Dickerson, Brad Fay, Kate Fay, and Noah Berlin. Listen to me now. All right. Welcome to Geek and You Shall Find, the podcast. I'm Kelsey Dickerson, joined by Mr. Brad Fay, wearing none other than his amazing Transformers shirt. And coming straight from Florabama, we got Noah Berlin, as well as Kate Fay, who is, as it does not look like, is on the side of Thor. Don't worry, she's perfectly safe. They're not fighting each other. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now, if you have followed along with us, you know that we are ranking the top of the bottom MCU uh, movies according to Rotten Tomatoes. That means next we have Thor, The Dark World. So before we get into it any further, if you don't know anything about Geek and You Shall Find, please make sure to tune into your streaming services to watch Geek and You Shall Find the documentary. Lays the groundwork for everything that Superhero Faces is all about. We'd love for you to be able to follow us at Superhero Faces on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And of course, make sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Even if you don't like it, please comment because we always want to learn. Or we just want to talk shit to you. I don't know. Well, it goes either way. Just okay. kidding. Hero Superhero Faces, we're all about love. Sometimes we're about the cringe. And speaking of cringe, I think we have some nerdy news. I don't know if it's cringy or not. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. <laughs> so, Noah, please take it away. What is some of the nerdiest news of the week that we got going? All right. I'm not sure why this is cringy. I don't I don't think it is. So, so we'll see. <laughs> you know, oh, sometimes uh, I just say stuff and it just comes out. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. First off, nerdy news of the week. Over 10 million people tuned in to watch the House of the Dragon premiere live last week. We were up to over 20 million viewers of the first episode. And so it has become HBO's biggest premiere ever. And obviously a lot of amazing shows like original Game of Thrones, Sopranos, I mean, The Wire, a million other uh, really, really good quality shows on HBO. And for this to be the number one premiere ever in terms of viewership is pretty amazing. So based on those huge numbers, as well as praise from critics and fans alike, the show has all already been greenlit and um, and renewed for a second season as well. So exciting news there. Speaking of being renewed for new seasons, the Umbrella Academy has been renewed for a fourth and final season. So that one is another really good, uh, really good show. And I think that, you know, knowing that they're only doing four, it really makes it so um, the story is more concise and, and we're not worried about just, you know, stupid plot lines and things like that. So coming out right away saying that it's coming back for another season and it being its final, I think is pretty, pretty good and pretty exciting. So. Have you guys been watching She-Hulk? Watch the first episode. We watched the first one. Okay. I shall not be tuning in. You should not. You're you're boycotting (laughs) She-Hulk? No, I'm just not watching it. (laughs) So (laughs) in episode two of She-Hulk, we got our second reference to mutants in the MCU, which is very, very exciting. Obviously, the X-Men have been living in their own universe with all types of rumors of them crossing over and everybody trying to figure out how that's going to happen. And I guess... I guess I'm wrong. It actually is a third reference to mutants because the first one was in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, when Professor Charles Xavier 
uh, plays a role there in an alternate universe. The second one being in Miss Marvel, where, spoiler alert, it kind of comes down to the fact that she ends up being a mutant. That's what uh, triggers her powers, is, is the mutant gene that she has. And now in She-Hulk, we got our third reference to mutants being in the MCU. So uh, at one point in the episode, Jennifer Walter, she's reading an article online, and a lot of sleuths uh, on the interwebs <laughs> have taken screenshots of what she was reading, and you see links to other articles, one of them saying, man with metal claws caught fighting at a bar and which is definitely a wolverine reference which is very exciting so uh, uh, wolverine will never fight first of all and he'll never be caught in a bar so this is some uh, slander that <laughs> i would i don't stand for except in the first x-men movie he literally wasn't a bar fight <laughs> other than that other than that other other than that um ancient history yeah there was also another bullet point on that same article my my dog is very excited about Wolverine. <laughs> um, there's another bullet point in that same article that talks about why is there a giant human head popping out of the ocean? So that's obviously in reference to Eternals. And I'm just glad someone's finally talking about it because there have been a number of projects since Eternals and no one has even mentioned that the world almost died and there's a huge celestial coming out of the ocean. So... Um, yeah, so that's that. And, and I'm just glad they're talking about it. Uh, finally... Jeffrey Dean Morgan, whose previous comic-related work included playing Negan in The Walking Dead, he played the comedian in The Watchmen, and he played Thomas Wayne in Batman vs. Superman. Love that movie. He has joined the cast <laughs> of The Boys for season four. So I'm very, very excited about this. The Boys is one of my favorite shows, um, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, is an awesome actor who plays a lot of really iconic roles, uh, and he will be joining his Supernatural co-star, Jensen Ackles, who was an awesome and a fan favorite addition for season three. So that one's going to be awesome, and that would do it for Nerdy News. Uh, Kate and I are very excited about that last piece of news because Soldier Boy, yes, please. Also, going back to Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, I know that a lot of users were kicked out of HBO Max, like weren't even able to watch it. So I wonder what that number truly would have been to tune in if everyone would have been able to watch it and it didn't crash. Thank goodness it didn't crash on any of us. Ah, that's a good point. Yep, yep. Could have been bad. I would have been very angry if it crashed on me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you would have been the sheet Hulk if that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> so just Hulk? <laughs> no. No, definitely she Hulk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She Hulk too. So not even like the original. I don't know. All right. Noah. Now moving on. All right. Like I mentioned earlier in this episode, we are going to be exploring everything surrounding Thor, the dark world. The good, the bad, the ugly, a.k.a. the cringe, which, you know, spoiler alert earlier when I referenced the cringe. Huh? Um, but referencing Eternals as well, we've also reviewed that. So make sure you head to our YouTube or listen to us on most of your podcast episodes to see what we thought about Eternals. Now, Noah, for anyone who is not familiar, it's been a while or maybe they just don't know where we're at in the universe for MCU. It can be a little confusing. Can you please set the stage for Thor, The Dark World? I would be happy to. So released in 2013, Thor, The Dark World was the second film of Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phase 2. Loki, Thor, and Jane Foster were first introduced in Kenneth Brown's version of Thor, the first one, in 2011. And the two Asgardian brothers returned for Marvel's Avengers that following year. Avengers ends with Earth's mightiest heroes prevailing over the God of Mischief and the Chitauri army, and Thor taking the Tesseract and the bound and gagged Loki back to Asgard to answer for his crimes. 
that's where this movie picks up. As far as its connection to the rest of the MCU and it's important within the Infinity Saga, Thor The Dark World uh, marks the introduction of the reality stone, which is called the Ether in this movie. Mm -hmm. So obviously these early movies are all about the different Infinity Stones and introducing them. And then we know what happens with Thanos trying to get them and and kill half, uh, half of the people in the world, which he obviously does. So uh, with a 66% score on Rotten Tomatoes, Thor The Dark World comes in as the third lowest rated MCU movie. Man, so I guess we're going to explore if we think that it deserves that ranking. Um, it's also really, I'm glad that you note that the ether is the reality stone um, because I didn't get that while watching and I've seen, you know, not all these movies, but a bunch of these movies. So that is a great little Easter egg, which we'll explore some more if there's any more later. But Brad, first, before we get there, let's start with the good. Who was your MVP? of this particular movie. Uh, but for the MVP, I didn't have a single character. I just had the family as a whole. I really like enjoyed watching all the different family dynamics and you got the chance to kind of see everybody interact with each other or between like Odin and Thor, Odin and Loki. What was Loki's relationship with, you know, their mo uh, his adopted mother Freya, Freya's ad uh, relationship with Thor, Thor and Loki. I just really thought it was, you know, really cool to just see the different family dynamics, the way they all viewed one another, and this being the, you know, spoiler alert, it ends up being the last time that you see that whole family kind of together and have those opportunities to share those relationships. So I thought they did a really good job of kind of taking full advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, especially because, um, you know, obviously Loki is just coming back and you're just seeing the weight that it was of him learning that he's not truly related. I mean, he definitely looks very different from all of them, but who knows? Family things are crazy. Uh, I personally had the queen, uh, Thor's mother, as my MVP. She was fucking badass when she was protecting Jane Foster. Absolutely zenith that shit. Um, if Thor would have came in just a millisecond quicker, they could have really torn up that dark elf or whatever you call him. Um, but Kate, did you have any MVPs or do you agree with, with Brad's familial ties? Yeah, kind of in that vein. I also had Frigga, um, just cause she was so awesome in that moment. She was such a badass. Um, <clears throat> Jane was being kind of wimpy and, uh, was like hiding behind the little column or whatever. And she just went, Frigga just went out there and was like, <laughs> I'm ready. And she wasn't even like scared. Like, I feel like she knew that she might kind of die there. And she seemed like she didn't even, wasn't even phased by it. Um, and I also thought she was like, just kind of like Brad was saying with the family dynamics, like she just was being like a really good mom. Like Loki was being kind of a bitch ass teenager, almost acting like you're not my mom. Um, and she was still just being very kind to him, was still treating him like a son. Um, and I thought that was like just a true mother right there. Um, and then the other one I had was Hamdell, just because I love him. And I think he's also a badass. And I just think it's really cool that he's like so dedicated to Asgard. Like he would literally do anything to protect Asgard. Um, but he did like commit some treason there a little bit for Thor, but it was like in a really cool way. And it was for a good reason. <laughs> it was good treason, you know, yeah. it's only kind. <laughs> Noah, is there, is there any MVPs that we missed that 
that you particularly yeah, I mean, like? I'm going to make it a clean sweep with you guys. I, if I had Friga as the, uh, the MVP as well, she just, uh, she switched the dynamic a little bit because you see her as a concerned mother. You see her as a loving person who is, you know, looking out for Odin, looking out for the kids. Um, but then, you know, so you think maybe she's going to be like, you know, a week one, a gentle mother and like, no, she wasn't gentle. She was, she was, <laughs> she, she was doing work. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and really, if like that other big thing didn't come in at the exact moment, she was going to freaking cut Malika's head off. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she was, she crushed it. And Renee Russo, uh, I think had a really good performance and, uh, yeah, she's my MVP. I know it's actually pretty incredible that, I mean, I don't know how much screen time she got, maybe, maybe 10 minutes, if that, maybe less in a two hour movie. And she made such an impact. And it's so true. You see her go, she's talking to Odin. She's saying, oh, if I didn't worry, you know, you wouldn't still be alive to like this. I'm going to protect my babies. Like I'm going to protect Asgard, like the fucking badass queen I am. And it was just really great. Um, yeah. And he said, after all these years, you're still worried about me. And she said, the only reason alive, that you're still alive is because I'm uh, I'm still worried about you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is Hold such on, like. Really, really quick. You said Renee Russo is the actor. Unless I just made that up, but yes, I think is, is she related to the Russo brothers at all? No, not the director. No. She, um, she does have more Russo, yeah, but she's not related. To I think she has oh, a okay. famous relative, just, but yeah, not the Russo brothers. Okay. Well, so Kate, you kind of referenced like you know Jane was being a little bit of a bitch behind the column. Um, taking it back to you, Brad. We just talked about our MVP, clean sweep with Queen Freya. Uh, was there any LVPs for you? I mean, Kate kind of nailed it with, I mean, Jane, no, nothing again, Natalie Portman. She's incredible. I think she took the part that was given to her and performed it as, you know, well as she could. But like Jane was awful in this movie. And I, mm -hmm. at one point I was just making notes on all the reasons Jane is just terrible in this movie. I have Jane <laughs> sucks. She sucks on her date at the beginning when she's not paying any attention to her date. She sucks when she the guy from Bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is the guy from Bridesmaids. I love him. I, I did. I did not remember that that dude was in this movie. By the way, and I thought, like, what is what is this? Just getting anyway, disrespected uh, by Jane right from the jump. Yeah, she sucks when she awakens the dark elf. She sucks when she yells at her friend. Was it Cat uh, for calling the police? And she's like, "Oh, I was mi you missing for five hours." Then she leads the guy on when he calls her back. And I know she doesn't know what's going on, but she like leads him on again and does nothing redeeming like the whole movie. There's not one thing she does to add or help in the situation. She literally just like kind of opens up Pandora's box and then just kind of like, you guys handle it. This is outside. And it's, it's just a reminder of like what a 180 that character ends up kind of do, you know, being by, by the later films when she is a badass. Yeah I, I, yeah, I actually made note specifically of a couple different lines that, I mean, I put them originally in my cringe moments, but but now they're just going to go into LVP too because you inspired me, Brad. <laughs> but, uh, the the writing for her specifically was was terrible. It was really bad. Okay. Like, so <laughs> when Thor first shows up, and he's like, "Where were you?" Meaning like you disappeared and activated the ether and the fucking dark elves, right? Where were you? And he goes, and she goes, I was right here where you left me. I was waiting. I was crying. Where were you? Like, okay. That was <laughs> and then the, the worst one, which I was really like, I'm, I completely eye rolled on this one. When she sees Loki for the first time and she just slaps him and she goes, 
that was for New York. Yeah, that <laughs> like, would be talks like that in real life. Like that, yeah. that, that one was brutal. So yes, that's that, so weird. Did they have a different writer just for the one character? Like Loki no, I'm sure that's like, like <laughs> it was, it was like, brutal. And it reminded me of um to an extent in some of the prequels when her or, uh, as Padme uh, in Star Wars, like some of just like the lack of chemistry that she had with um what's his name who played Anakin. And it's like I don't know, it reminded me of such like a nothing role. Um I don't know. But but at yeah. least everyone in that movie has parts with terrible dialogue. This <laughs> is like it was just her. I agree. Like I agree. I wouldn't say it was just her. Uh, I I think her LVP was her assistant. I I also like she just everything she did was so annoying. I thought her lines were really cringe too. Like I just I couldn't with her at all. But yeah, I agree. Jane Foster was. It is crazy because obviously we just talked about Thor: Love and Thunder, and she was amazing. And it almost was like Thor and her like switch roles of like I thought Thor was kind of annoying. Didn't make sense the way that he, his character was written. And in this one, it seems the same way with Jane Foster. Like she's brilliant. She obviously knows that Thor is a god who goes and protects everybody. They just had something crazy happen in New York, obviously. So he's going to try to help other universes. Like, it just, none of it really made sense in my mind. But Kate, did we basically cover your LVP? Did you have anyone else that you would like to, that, that maybe had a different writer just for this movie, according to Brad? Um, yeah, so I did also have Jane. Um, <clears throat> Um, just because she was just so annoying in this movie. And like Brad said, she really didn't add anything or do anything helpful, mm -hmm. um, which I know you're a human, but like you can still help. I don't know. Not be Good annoying. Um, it's almost like they just used her as a really lazy conduit to get this ether to Asgard to make it this whole thing kind of fit together, which is it's just lazy writing in my in my opinion. I mean, but you a lot that could be said about the entire plot of the movie. Which, well, you know, I guess you could say about any movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that I have another. I'm sorry, Kate. You, uh, you can finish. Yeah, I just have a couple more. Um, but and I just thought, like you guys kind of said this already, but I just thought it was really interesting to see her as like purely human when we kind of yeah. just watch the opposite, where she turns, you know, into superhero. Um, and just totally kick ass and be so like dying to fight where in this one she's like running and hiding so i don't know it was just interesting just because we kind of watched them back to back um my, my exact note here is i love loki but he is a little bitch <laughs> he is he i just think it's really annoying that he's like stuck on this like well i have a right to the throne when like no you don't like yeah you were born as um royalty to the frost giants but we're not in frost giants land so <laughs> you, you have nothing to do with the throne here i don't know so it's just like weird but king of, i do king love of the loki. yetis i love like his little you know tricks and he's funny and whatever but um and then my last one was just the uh, the villain malachite just so like nondescript could have been you could have like literally stuck any villain in there his motivation wasn't like non-existent like there was a war a long time ago and so he wants to ruin the world and make it dark because they lost i guess i don't know maybe He's i'm a loser i'm right there with you kate though i think that malekith was my other one and just really the dark elves in general like 
That's real. The Dark Elves. The best part about the Dark Elves was in uh, was in Endgame when they're like talking about their plan to get all the all the uh, Infinity Stones, and they're like, "All right, Thor, you know what do you know about the Ether?" And he's, "Well, I had to defend from the Dark Elves." Ooh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like it's just like how fun and how absurd that yeah. entire plotline is, and just how stupid. <laughs> but the Dark Elves, and they're you know what are the, what do they want? They want to return the world to darkness. Okay. For no well, reason. Not even right. not even just their world, like every world. No, no, ev every world. Yeah. The nine realms, put it in darkness, whatever the fuck that means. Mm -hmm. it, it was just very stupid. Oh, I another do, I, I do, sorry. I have a really, really quick note on the dark elves. I do, I do have a note that Malachi has some dope Targaryen braids. Yeah, and I had a <laughs> I had one too that they had dope uh it's like their the army of them had those cool like purge style masks oh yeah that looks, that looks pretty sweet that looks sweet um, i liked their or, like i liked their things that they threw at each other like at people too that just like i don't know what it did yeah i don't know what it did to them but those were pretty cool yeah um i also have a honorable mention lvp odin i mean he's the all father like he's dope odin is a badass and he isn't used that way in these movies and anthony hopkins is fucking awesome mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. He just don't use like he was just kind of a dick the whole time. He's a dick to Thor. He's a dick to Loki. He, I mean, I don't know. He didn't really serve any purpose in this, and he wasn't even really badass. At one point, he comes into his little his spear and he kills one elf, but that's really the only thing that's cool that we see him do the entire movie. So, uh, I, I thought Odin was an, an LVP as well. Mm. That's a good call. I didn't think of him. Yeah, it's they totally underutilize him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I'll be talking about that a little bit later. But speaking of which, a lot of the stuff that you guys mentioned is a little cringe. So for me, I kind of referenced it a little bit earlier. Obviously, both, I mean, especially, well, whatever, both assistants were very cringy to me. But literally within the first 20 minutes, they find this, I don't even know how to, I don't, is there a word for it? I just described as like a wormhole almost. Like, what is it? Like, it's... Yeah. It's kind of like a wormhole. And so the kids are throwing stuff into it. Jane throws something into it. The assistant does. Then the assistant to the assistant, the guy, I guess. <laughs> he fucking throws his keys in there, full well knowing that they could return, they might not. And just being like, were those the car keys? They just went there and he's like, oh, no. It's like, literally, I was like, oh, is this how it's going to go? It's like literally within 20 minutes. And I was like, this is awful. I like his, and he also served no purpose in my opinion, either other than just to kiss the other assistant at some point. Yeah. Anyways, that was so cringe. I just, I, I couldn't, um, yeah, there's just, there's no way, but I know that there, that couldn't be the only cringe moment that anyone saw. So Brad, opening up to you, what was your cringe moment? I mean, I would say the the assistants and the, the intern, that whole like relationship was kind of just, you know, I don't know. It was like cringe. It was just like not at the very least, it was not interesting. Like, was anyone invested in that? Like, did anyone care? Was it really funny? Like, maybe some people found it humorous, but I, I don't know. It was funny because I told Kate during the movie at one point, like with the assistant, I'm like, I feel like she's supposed to just be getting a reaction out of people either there's the people in the theater that are like i love her she's so funny or the people that like can't stand her i'm like i feel kind of like neutral like whatever could we just get past this like she wasn't bothering me like slowing up things but i definitely wasn't like 
so glad whenever she had a moment. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we got to do this. You know what? I, I I didn't think of this until you guys are saying this now, but I think that, I mean, as we know, the Thor that we see in the first movie and this one is very different from the Thor that we see in the next two movies. Mm-hmm. And they really add that element. I mean, it was when uh, Taika Waititi came in and, as a director, but he added that comedic element that is now become a staple of Thor's character for better or for worse. But knowing that it wasn't like that here. And so there really was no comic relief in the movie at all. And I think that that was the reason why they had this assistant and that whole storyline, which was very stupid and it wasn't funny, but I think that was their way of adding some comedic elements to the movie because you weren't getting that from the main characters. That's a really good point. Cause you're not going to get that from Odin, but I mean, they did have moment like when Loki turns into Loki. Captain America, like yeah. just a really funny moment. But you're right. Was- I guess there wasn't like a consistent way to be humorous when you're not mm-hmm. relying on Thor for that. So, I mean, but we talked about this when we reviewed Thor Love and Thunder. Like you don't really need that in these types of movies. Let it come naturally. Like when it works for the character like Loki was really funny. Obviously, when the professor um, or the scientist Eric, like, you know, <laughs> he had some funny things and then. Obviously, Stanley's cameo, like, that was naturally funny. Like, I really enjoyed the fact that Thor was his badass self, like, serious, like, was, like, down to business. But then still, like, you could see, like, you know, his personal side of things and with his relationship with Jane, with his relationship with his family, um, you know, forgiving Loki and all those stuff. But um, I digress on that point. We'll get to that a little bit more later, too. But, Kate, did you have uh, any cringe moments? Uh, No, I kind of stole it. Um, yeah, when Noah, Thor... <laughs> <I steal. laughs> my cringe moment, um, it was when, when Thor came back for the first time and like they, uh, him and, uh, Jane see each other for the first time and she like slaps him and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like, that's not you, that's not how you would be like, you're, you can't wait to see this guy. And so like, yeah, they're going to like pretend to be mad at him for a second Do you think also, in the movie it just seemed theater, very like slapstick like unnecessary like just trying to get a laugh and i i really want to know if when that happened in the movie theater someone stood up in the audience and went hell yeah you hell go yeah. girl get him jane that is the new york she's an independent woman don't need no man yeah <laughs> don't stop him once stop him twice um that was okay i also didn't understand why when he comes that the rain isn't on her is he doing that on purpose like or is it just a nap or was it a part of her being the ether she had the ether in her right i don't know because when he was standing there when he was standing there he didn't have any rain over him either i don't think so i'm not sure that's what i thought but I, i have no idea actually i don't know if they like said that well, I mean, there's just a lot of things that were just convenient, I guess, in that, like, she just happens to walk through the portal that finds the ether. Like, what, what was that? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but then another, another thing was just the disrespect that all of these Thor movies give to the Warriors 3. So the Warriors 3 are like Thor's boys. They're like his good friends. They're like his team that go and they fight battles together for a long time like they they are all um warriors i mean they're, they're all good and they're all badass in their own right so you got you have hogan you have fandral who is played by zachary levi who plays shazam also which is pretty funny you, you no almost way. Yeah. so hogan fandral and volstag uh 
and yeah, they're like badass and, and they got screen time in this. Like they were pretty cool in this. They were, um, you know, helping him escape when, when we were, they were doing the treason plot and all that. But then it's funny because in the, in the next movie, Hella comes in and just murders them all. Really <laughs> murders them all. They get no love. And then in Love and Thunder, when um, Korg is uh, narrating the story and he's like, Thor was very sad because he lost the love of his life and he also lost his mummy and he lost his daddy and like whatever. And, and he's like, and this guy, and this guy, and he's so bad <laughs> murder. He doesn't even say their name. <laughs> like, they are just erased. Man, I feel bad for the Warriors. <laughs> no, that was a very great impression, by the way. I think was that good? Go- Thank you. I was yeah. a little nervous. Yeah. I yeah. the accent. Thank you. That might be, yeah, that might be your best accent yet. So that's saying a lot. That really is saying a lot with you. It is saying a lot because I have a lot of great accents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Truly. And I hope they all come out over the course of time. So everyone just make sure to keep on tuning in because you're in for a treat with Noah's accents. Hit subscribe Um, and I'll throw out some (laughs) accents. Hit subscribe. Maybe you'll see it. I don't know. It's a little, it's a little, little. We get to 200 subscribers. You're busting out the Bane impression. Listen, 200 subscribers. Mm -hmm. Well, we could have a little contest. You can pick the accent and I got you. <laughs> I'll, do whole, I'll do the whole setting the stage segment in the accent. Oh. You, you heard it here, folks. Get us to 200 subscribers. All right. Well, we're already kind of like uh, going along the lines of things that we didn't really quite like in this movie. Um, you know, obviously disrespecting Thor's bros. Jane, nah. Some of the things, just kind of discrepancies here and there. Was there anything else that really stood out to you guys that you're just like, yeah, I don't know about this. Maybe it does deserve the the third ranked MCU worst movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Was there anything else that stood out to you guys in particular that I mean, you didn't like? Why was Dr. Eric Selvig crazy and getting naked? Like, they didn't really... I think Kate, I asked the same question. Kate asked me the same question. I remember him being like possessed in Avengers and Loki messing with his mind yeah. to get him to shoot the beam up. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like to me somewhere there's like a deleted scene of like, oh, he hasn't been right ever since Loki, you know, messed with his mind to, you know, open up the portal. Like, it seems like there's a scene like that and it just got deleted because like you guys are, you are right saying, like are you saying there should be or you're saying there is and you just i i'm saying i bet there is and it got deleted otherwise like there really is no explanation because like um hawkeye also got possessed by it and he didn't suffer any like long-term damage like he it's was possessed by yeah like and they could have explained that like oh hawkeye is more mentally like able to kind of stage this off or something like that but there was really no explanation. And that's the only thing I could think of is if he, or maybe he felt so guilty about what he had done that that drove him crazy. Or like, it seems like something they could have just given some quick explanation. They made it seem like he had all these outlandish theories, which of course ended up to be true with the convergence and all that stuff. And so like, if they would have gone the direction that, oh, everyone's calling him crazy because of these theories, even though he's right. But no, they made him getting naked at Stonehenge. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It seemed really all over the place with that. Cause yeah, he was almost playing like a a beautiful mind type thing when he was in the psych ward, like, you know, writing on the board and telling his theories and things like that. But then he had all these medications that they had him throw away. I mean, (laughs) it was like, oh, I'm right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) that doesn't even make, I don't know, it just doesn't even make any sense to it. I mean, part of it might be like, oh, this is so much information that I, 
I think I am right. And like, it's the end of not only this world, but like the universe as we know it, that could take a toll on it. But yeah, to your point, there just wasn't that much explanation. I don't know. I mean, not that this movie is like like super early on, but it also seems like it's kind of still at that part where like Marvel's, like the cinematic universe is trying to find its footing. Like we just watched Eternals and I think it's cool that they're able to reference these things. It's not weird when aliens appear because these are people who have that happen every week. There's some invasion. So like, when you know it's referenced oh are you a sorcerer like dr strange like it's cool that they can make those references but to me in these in these movies it kind of seems like they didn't do that with like him going all like crazy it's like this guy knows how to build portals that open up other universes like you wouldn't just like toss someone aside like that like okay guy something's going on at Stonehenge. like this guy obviously is proven to know some things so isn't he worth paying attention to and it seems like the earlier movies were still out? playing that up. Huh? Well, why was his dick out? Right. Well, why what... isn't it? <laughs> like... I think it should be out more. Yeah, way too many Andes. It just seems like early on, like, Mar- like they weren't getting that. And it was, like, easy to just, like, throw people out there as, like, what a weirdo this guy is. He doesn't know how things work versus, like, now in the later films, they're starting to own it. Like, oh, is this another Thanos situation? Like, you know, they're used to that stuff happening. Yeah. I think too, uh, that just kind of reminded me too of like the point where she comes back from being five hours gone or whatever, missing. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, you guys are all arrested for trespassing. Like, okay. Like that whole thing was like really weird too. That didn't make any sense to me. And did that, that. did that matter at all? Like, no, not at all. Like lead to anything? Like, it just meant like Thor was like, I'm going to take her away from here. Well, I guess like, well, that was like, that was like another thing that like the police went to go touch her and then it like, blasted all so the police showed the power that you okay that's right okay yeah. at least there was a reason to have that Kinda. situation come up yeah. like thor had to get her out of there and take her to asgard so yeah i guess kate was there anything else that you did not like about this movie i mean i just put like i couldn't really i didn't really have anything else to like actually pinpoint um but i will say like going through it and watching it again i i kind of didn't have as much attention as I do in some of the other Marvel Marvel movies. Like it just seemed, I don't know, maybe a little more boring than other MCU movies, but I can't really like put my finger on anything specific. Hmm. All right. Uh, Well, in the final fight, as they're like going through the, they're fighting Thor and Malekith and they're going through the portals and they're going different worlds. Didn't that remind you a lot of multiverse of madness where like, yeah, yeah. You know, they were like going through and then they were paint in the one and they were this and they yeah. were, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I got that's neither here nor there, but I, I got multiverse madness uh, vibes from it for sure. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that there was a lot of like Lord of the Ring vibes in the beginning with like the elves and like just the way that the that they looked was very um not Urukai, uh where the other ones? Elves. No. No, the monsters that are create like made. No, not the Yurikai. Not the Yurikai, like the lesser ones, the ones that yeah. aren't as scary or badass. The what? Orcs? Yeah, yeah orcs. orcs. Kind of remind me like orcs and then like the, um. oh, I had a note about it with like the, the power of what it was. You're saying like, it was like the rings of power. It just reminded me of it. Oh, with the ether and like, yeah. So like the ether remind me of like the ring, like the way that they were talking about it in the beginning of it being. Yeah, and, so I, and I wrote that. I wrote that quote down actually because I particularly because when we saw this, 
and you see the ether as like a liquid almost and it goes into their body like it didn't I didn't understand at all that this was going to become a mm-hmm. infinity stone I thought it was kind of weird mm-hmm. it's like okay that's somehow an infinity stone so I was really paying attention to anything that they were saying to describe it so Odin is like reading from the book he says, quote, their leader Malekith made a weapon out of the darkness and it was called the ether. While the other relics often appear as stones, the ether is fluid and ever changing. It changes matter into dark matter. Oh, okay. So like okay. That, that is the description right there. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I just thought that was strange. But yeah, like I said, I was paying attention for that just because I wanted to know how this is actually an infinity stone or, or just whatever. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is there any reason this was a reality? It seems like Thanos more uses the reality stone and moments of, I don't know, like Gamora's still alive and like, you know, like tricking Star-Lord or like, it seems like he more like paints a fake reality for people yes. to believe they're in the reality and they're not. But that really has nothing to do with, like, the power set of that stone in this movie. Like, it's never used for, like, illusions or anything. It's, I just want to make the light go out of the world. Like, it, there's no connection to me between those yeah, two things. Yeah, I think that it it just, it's very, it's weak, for sure. Yeah. You're definitely right. But I think that what it is, is, um, like, it it can change I don't know, the makeup of reality. And that's how by using, like, obviously when he's shooting it out, like that's definitely not, but like ultimately it was that power that would, could create the darkness going into all the worlds in the nine realms because of changing the reality of these worlds to be yeah. the darkness. I mean, I yeah, know that's such a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a strat. Like I could see if they were like, oh, we want to create the illusion that the world is in darkness, but really isn't. Like when Thanos uses the reality stone, it's like, to make you see stuff that isn't actual reality. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, there's definitely like a disconnect between where they took it to where it ended up going. Well, but then that dives into like, okay, well, perception is different than reality. So really, exactly. Thanos was changing perception. Reality is like what the elves were trying to change, like actual reality. Exactly. So I guess, I mean, I guess those are can be very interchangeable and fluid. So you could use it either way. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't really if if they were going for that they didn't really explain that no. exactly which is weird no if you guys wouldn't have said that was the reality stone i would have absolutely I yeah they, never. they could have filled in the blank later and said it was any stone kind of or not a stone <laughs> at all like it you know it was like dr strange is obviously serves a specific purpose geared towards like playing with time like okay i i get that but like this one it was like left so vague and then like was later defined much better maybe thanos like just knew what to do with it better. Yeah. Maybe like Maybe. they just didn't have it fully formed it, yet it this like early. That. And then they were like, oh, let's it, just. It seems more like that. Yeah. Let's just make it fit later. We'll just introduce yeah. it. And then we'll just see what, how we need it, how it's going to play out. And this was the third infinity stone that was introduced um, with the space stone being the one from guardians of the galaxy Wait, no, I mean, no, yeah, I think no. at this, it was the, just the, the, power uh, stone, the power stone is from Guardians of the Galaxy, but the, the space stone was the Tesseract, which was first in the first mm-hmm. Captain America movie. And then that that's the one that comes back a lot later. It's in Avengers again. It's it. They put it in. It's in Ragnarok. I mean, the, the that one's in there a lot. And then in the scepter that Loki had, that's the mind stone, which then gets broken by Ultron and put into the body that becomes Vision. Isn't this movie before Guardians of the Galaxy, though? It is, but so I oh, okay, okay. take that one out. But so you, we had the Space Stone first, and then the Mind Stone 
introduced first. Those are the first two, and then this would be the third. When did like, the Mind Stone come in? The Mind Stone comes in in Avengers when Loki has the scepter. That's how he takes I'm over. I'm sorry, not the Mind Stone, the Power Stone. If this that's is before Guardians. Yeah, the Power Stone is in Guard. It is in Guardians, but that's that's next should be the next one. Okay, so this is the second time they mentioned the stone at all. No, this not is the third stone. How would but this came out before Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah. And Gu Guardians is the fourth one. So the first one is oh, the Tesseract. Okay. That's the Space Stone. The second one is the Mind Stone, which was in the Spear, and this is the third. Gotcha. Okay. So glad you guys are keeping that together. There's no <laughs> way that I would be able to. <laughs> All right, so we talked about some of the negatives. Um, we referenced my favorite scene earlier with, uh, you know, Queen Freya just absolutely kicking ass. But Kate, did you have anything else of a favorite scene of yours? Well, actually kind of related to that. Um, I thought his mom's funeral was mm -hmm. really, really cool um, and just done really, really well. Yeah, with all the like candle lights and then obviously the the Viking funeral with the boat um, and kind of sending her off, but it didn't go down the waterfall. It just kind of floated off into space. Um, I just thought it was like a really nice scene and obviously, um, you know, shows how upset Thor is and that's really going to play into a lot of his story moving forward. So um, I thought that was really nice. And then my other one was the, what Brad mentioned, the Captain America cameo. I just thought that was really funny. I like that a lot. That was a good one. Y'all, I cried. I was like, text, I was texting you guys, like, it's a sad ass movie. And I was like, why is it sad? I'm like, and Kate was like, well, you know, mom dying. And I was like, Ooh. there's some deaths. I thought like everyone was going to get murked. I was like, damn, this is sad. And I was like, God, this is so sad. But yeah. And then speaking of like Jane just being kind of like a stick in the mud in this movie, then she's kind of just standing there and it's like, you are the reason that all these people died. I'm like, cause you just had to go towards this light on this fucking shadow planet. That makes no sense. If you saw that you're not peeking under these rocks to see what the hell is in there. It's lighting up. But anyways, whatever. Those were beautiful. Yes. I thought Captain America, I mean, plus him walking backwards, a little booty bump. Mm, great. America's ass. It's America's <laughs> ass. That's right. And we stand America's ass. That's right. Not America itself, but no, it's kidding. No. But like, as you say that, Noah, with Captain America right behind you, his, his shield right behind you. Noah, did you have any, did you have any favorite scenes of your own? Um, no, but I'll throw a line in there, even though I thought that Eric Selvig, um, being crazy was stupid. <laughs> the one part when they like realized that they need to come up with a plan for this because this ether is going to destroy everything. Um, what's her name? Jane Foster says, quote, the entire fabric of reality is going to be torn apart. And then Selvig goes, I better get my pants because he was still naked. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like, I chuckled at that one. Um, but Which to my chagrin. That, that's all I got. <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I, I, Brad. <laughs> we're, uh, we're on scene still. I, uh, for scenes, uh, you know, the funeral scene, Thor visiting Loki in the cell. And, you know, underrated, I think, was uh, the end scene of Thor turning down the throne. And you get the kind of reveal that it was really, you know, Loki on the throne. But I really thought, like, Thor turning down the throne just kind of... And maybe they just didn't know what to do with the character moving forward after this, which is why they had to go the comedy routine of like, that to me is like the top of his like arc is like nothing mattered more to him in the first Thor movie than becoming King, even though he wasn't ready for it yet. And now after seeing what it means to be King and having to make those tough decisions of, yeah, we just got to let those other kingdoms crumble. It's not like our fight to fight. And Thor's like, 
that's kind of not how I want to be. I, you know, I want to be out there protecting other planets. So I, I really like, and I was going to post this question to you guys, like this might to me be my favorite Thor movie. It's like th- movie of Thor, like of his character development. Like he actually has like an arc versus like every other movie he's in there to be funny or he's sad the whole movie. And that's it. Like this movie, he has like development. And I don't remember that really being, you know, in the first one, he's kind of like the fish out of water. I don't know how things work in this one. He starts the movie and kind of ends it very differently and kind of learns things and and grows and not like just serves as comedic relief. So I just really enjoyed his character in it. I agree. Like, I know that you guys were kind of saying that was like not very exciting and things like that, but I thought Thor in this movie was excellent. This is the Thor that I want to see in movies. Um, like he just was so badass. Like also so, it's some movies, like it's very, it really varies of how powerful he truly is. Some movies he looks like, yeah, like he can fight and stuff, but like other movies like this one, like it really shows his power and how truly like, you know, he is the God of thunder and like, he will come in and just whoop some ass. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And two, it's not like he was totally just monotone to your point. Like, you know, it's not like he was all just very like brave and like, just whatever, like I got to do this. Like he did have a lot of layers to him in this movie that I really enjoyed. And it just, it fits his character more. I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, yeah, he can be funny. And Chris Hemsworth himself is very funny. He delivers it really well, but just having that as his character and like the main part of his character just doesn't fit for me. Sorry. No, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Um, no, yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. I just was going to make a point that I like the progression, too, of, in this one particularly, it was the first time I really noticed that his power set, like, he used the hammer a lot more, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't, do- like, he did lightning stuff, for sure. Like, he smoked Malik in the face and, and scarred him up. Um and and you know he did some more lightning stuff too, but a lot of it was like you know a slam down with a hammer and then like some residual lightning. But it it was really based on Mjolnir and the hammer more often. And then obviously in the next one, which is Ragnarok, the hammer gets broken and Thor is depressed and everything. And someone says to him, they're like, "You're not the god of hammer. You're the god of thunder." And then like from that moment on, you see his powers. In, in all the movies that he's in being very heavily like lightning based. And like, it's not, obviously he didn't have Mjolnir until the end of, of um, love and thunder, but you see like all this badass, like lightning raining down. And like, that's a huge part of his power set moving forward. But up to this point, it was more hammer focused than lightning focused. And I just thought that was interesting seeing that transition. Yeah. All of his fight scenes were pretty badass. Like he just really came in hard on this one. Like, you know, in all of the movies, he's very strong. He can hold his own, obviously. But this one, he just seems like very powerful. Oh, I absolutely love it. And you also talked earlier um, about um, Hansa Hamill. Sorry. Heimdall. 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 Sorry. I obviously am very great with names. Um, I loved, like, you know how obviously these the ships, like, got that past him, but the second he knew, like, he just sensed it, and he's, like, yeah. running, basically really running tough. as fast as the ship, and then he just goes, whoa, yeah. and, like... I was like, 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 I was like, okay, I'm like, all right. Um, that was absolutely badass. So, yeah, you're just seeing the power of Asgard and Asgardians themselves, um, which is which is amazing. And um, speaking of, so for our next segment of unsung heroes, 
we mentioned both of mine earlier. Like, obviously, no pants, McGee. Um, he was great. <laughs> but, uh, no, I really liked him. I thought he was definitely an unsung hero. Um, I wish they would have dove more into, like, you know, all of his different things and just really didn't put him as, like, the cuckoo bird without a lot of backstory. Um, but you guys mentioned this before, Anthony Hopkins as Odin. So amazing. Such a great performance. I wish they would have made him, his character, stronger in this. His scenes were great, but it just, it didn't really make any sense to me. Brad, did you have anyone to add or was there anything that, who, or anything or anyone that was an unsung hero for you or that you wanted to see more of? I mean, the more you guys talk about Heimdall, the more I'm like, damn, I forgot how much like I really miss that character. I, I So I, I didn't have him as my unsung hero. I actually had uh, just like the kind of effects team. Like, I really th think they nailed it in terms of, you know, like the funeral scene was just like incredible. And like Asgard, like this was a close, you know, a lot has been said about different Marvel movies are a different genre. So you've got like Spider-Man No Way Home is, you know, a, a teen comedy. And you've got like Ant-Man is a like a, a heist movie of, you know, a train robbery. And and that's when Marvel really found its niche of like, OK, what genre is this going to be? And then we'll put a superhero movie in that genre. And then me, this, this is like a perfect fantasy movie. Like they really like captured everything beautifully. And, you you know, the funeral scene and just being on Asgard. Like, I think everything like visually, like aesthetically looked beautiful. And I, so I think the effects team nailed it. It's interesting that you say that because we just got off of, obviously last week we took a break from the MCU um, to review the first episode of House of the Dragon where we were talking about some of those scenes were a little like, eh, very CGI. I agree. This was very like, obviously in Lord of the Rings, so another reference to Lord of the Rings, like the CGI, like you can tell CGI, but so beautiful and so otherworldly. Um, I agree. Everything, but everything looked actually really real, except for like some of the Dark World stuff to me. But some of the background scenes were absolutely amazing. Um, Noah, did you have an unsung hero? Yeah, I think there's a lot of them. Um, I Heroes? Think, I think Sith um, was really, this is her best movie by far. And they really kind of lay the groundwork of a potential relationship, maybe. They want Thor to be dating her. Um, she was a badass. Jamie Alexander did a great job, I think, with the minimal amount of screen time she had. So I would have liked to see more Sif. And it's just weird, too, because it does seem like they're building up her arc to become a more integral part, whether it's in a romantic relationship or, or however they're going to use that. And then she just disappears. Like, I'm pretty sure she wasn't even in Ragnarok at all. And then she makes an appearance again um, in Love and Thunder, but it's kind of just like a throwaway. And there's not really much to what she's doing um, because essentially Valkyrie has taken on that role now in the, yeah. in the, the next ones. Right. And so it's kind of weird. And it's, it's, I think, a missed opportunity because I like the actress. Um, I like the character. And they just really do nothing with her after this. But it was promising in, in this film, I thought. Um, like you said, I mean, Odin, I, I didn't like Odin in this movie. But I love Anthony Hopkins. And I love the character of Odin. So I would like him to be on the screen more just so we could get more, more of him. And then, you know, all of our MVP is Frigga. Um, I think we could have liked seeing Renee Russo a little more too. So those are all some unsung heroes for me. Which by the way, she also is just absolutely gorgeous. Like not only is she badass, but she was like absolutely gorgeous queen or not. Like she's absolutely incredible. Um, now we've mentioned throughout some of our favorite lines, but Kate, I know that you mentioned that you definitely had some favorite lines and it might give us a little chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled out the, I know I referenced the Captain America cameo, kind of. It was Loki turning into Captain America, but I thought his quote was really funny. 
Well, let's see. I'll try to do it as like oh, Chris oh. Evans. Let's go. <laughs> see how this goes. Subscribe though. Subscribe. Okay. <laughs> you don't do these, or right, you guys. Kate doesn't just do yeah. these. This isn't just for free, okay? If you don't subscribe, no. it's gonna go blank, and you can't hear until she's done. We're gonna have our separate site, only accents. That's what. <laughs> Onlyaccents.com. Okay, so Loki as Captain America. I can feel the righteousness surging. Hey, you want to have a rousing discussion about truth, honor, patriotism? God bless America. That was incredible. Kate. Incredible. No, I think she's taking your spot. Hey, she I can have it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was crying off real quick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm no compass. Like, I'm like, he's like, no, no, I can't even hold a stick. No, that I really like. I really like that part. A lot of times, scenes like that can come off like really weird, but I really loved it. I thought it was great. Noah, did you have any lines that you didn't already say? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, the one about what's his name needing pants was funny to me. <laughs> All the other lines were kind of cringy. I didn't really think I, I did like that one a lot. I mean, just going back to like, I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't have the exact quote, uh, but the scene where Thor visited Loki for the first time and Loki looks all, you know, regal still in the cell. And Thor's just like that, no more illusions. And then you see he's like freaking broken. Yeah. He's sitting in the back. He's like all messed up. And you just see like how he actually was. I really think that scene and that reveal and the dialogue there was really good. And just the fact that, you know, they are brothers. He knows his brother. They grew up together. I mean, just because they're not blood related doesn't mean that they're brothers. And that really highlights it right there. Mm -hmm. Brad, how about for you? I, the line I had, because I was so done with Jane already at this point in the movie, that when she goes to Asgard and Odin says, she does not belong here in Asgard any more than a goat belongs at a banquet <laughs> table. I was like, thank you. <laughs> Get her out of here. Odin also, gets it. Also, like the goat reference. Like, Brad was like, it's about time there's a goat reference. In Finally. <laughs> like, so I, I just thought, like, Odin was kind of giving a nod to the viewer of, like, yo, I feel your pain right now. Like, <laughs> let's get her out of here. Also, so like, if this was Thor, Love, and Thunder, we absolutely would want goats at the banquet table because those goats yeah. were our MVPs. So speaking <laughs> of... Um... Speaking of Thor and goats, and specifically those goats from Love and Thunder, I had a little error that needs to be corrected, I guess. Uh, I was, uh, a friend brought it to my attention that <laughs> the reason for that, they, they were always going to have the goats in those scenes, but the, the concept of the screaming goats was all because one of the people that were, were putting the movie together, I don't know, producer or whoever, is a big Taylor Swift fan, and they had those like the goat remixes of the different songs are on YouTube back a few years ago of the goat screaming being like going into their songs. And I want to say it was Trouble, the Taylor Swift song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> screaming in that. And they just thought it was so funny that almost as an inside joke, they then made the goats be screaming throughout this movie. So I thought that was very funny and a little Easter egg that, that I didn't get to say in the other yeah. episode. Shout out to Ali G. Thank you. Ali G. I was going to say, you didn't even have to say <laughs> a Taylor Swift fan. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised that we didn't say that. Cause I had that in my head to say like, of like, Oh, it's like the screaming go. It's like that they did the remix over like the video. And I thought, I don't know, I guess I just thought everyone knew, but let's give her a shout out. She does have a Taylor Swift Instagram page. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Does anyone know it? So we can give her a little shout out. 
you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> Shit, I was trying to be all nice, and we're like, oh. I know that, that, that's 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 a good friend of you. Um, no, but Ali G, she she'll she's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> she's good. Kate is looking it up at the moment. So you guys sit on the edge of your seat. I know that you guys want this. Yeah, um, it is capture it, remember it underscore TV. Perfect. V as in voice. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this line could go either way. My favorite line, I don't know. I think it's maybe it's only because Anthony Hopkins is saying it. It doesn't fit for Odin's character per se, but I just love Anthony Hopkins. Um, but when Thor is talking to him, I can't remember what scene it is, but he's like, you must think I'm bred to be buttered this much. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I <don't remember> <laughs> it's just such like a dad thing to say. Yeah, and I was yeah, yeah. like, so I really, it's like literally on the borderline of like, do I love this or do I hate this? Yeah. <laughs> I had to write it down. Um, now, before we get to where we think that um, that this particular MC movie deserves to be ranked um, and just our overall thoughts about it, um, were there any other positives that you guys wanted to take away from this? Obviously, I kind of mentioned like there's a lot of Lord of the Rings references for myself. I really like that. Obviously, um, Thor was very badass. Personally, it really warmed my heart um, to see a Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. It just was, I'm just going to miss those so much. It's just not the same um, without them. So I just really love that. I said, hey, give me back my shoe. <laughs> as, <laughs> as Eric is just doing all this like otherworldly science that no one can ever will ever be able to understand. But <laughs> was there anything else that you guys really liked and it stood out to you? Kate, I'll start with you since you are the MVP of finding uh, that, that amazing Instagram for all the Swifties <laughs> out there. Um, I know Brad talked about this, so I'll just echo it and keep it short. But um I thought the theme of family in this one was really interesting because obviously it um, helped develop Thor's character a lot. And it was just really interesting to see. And I also think like, as far as the Avengers and a lot of the other superheroes, like we don't get to see much about their family. Um, you know, it, they may have died earlier or um, they're like orphans and stuff. So there's a lot of tragedy with other superheroes and we kind of see that happening, but while they were alive at the time, it's just really nice to see their interactions. And obviously there's, you know, some family tension and, but it was just like cool to see that. And I feel like that's relatable for a lot of people. Yeah. I was going to say, so for anyone out there that has some family issues, don't worry. So do as guardian gods. <laughs> so I guess it helps you guys out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing um, we are, we already touched on also, and just thought it was really interesting to see, to like go back, like almost in reverse and see the difference between Thor's here because he is so much more serious and more what I think Thor is like, mm. where he's not as just jokey and funny. Like he's, he takes things a little bit more seriously and is really, you know, focused on the battle and the task at hand and um, his relationships with his family and Jane. So I just liked all that. And like, he's so smart in this movie too. Like he comes up with the idea of like being like, okay, yeah. like if we are able to get out of here and get, take her to this elf king, whatever, I don't know, whatever, mesothal, mesothelioma, I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever his name is. And he's no, like, okay. this whole plan, but like in addition to like them, 
putting him as like a joke in all of these other movies or like the later movies, like they also make him really dumb. Like, and it's just, that's not who he is. He was supposed to be the king of Asgard. Like the, the, his plan was really stupid. He who wasn't. How was he supposed to know that they could like all come collect together? Like he like planned he, ahead. He, he planned brought, for like the he brought the weapon and gave it to the villain to destroy he, it. That was the only way to be able to destroy it without potentially losing. And he failed. Okay, but like also, well, Other than that, that was a good work. plan. He went to the home of the villain. The villain didn't have to go and find it. They literally went to his home. And was like, here, take this weapon that you've been wanting. I think she's <laughs> talking about the like escape plan, right? No, she's talking about when they went to the dark world or whatever that like, which they don't even say the name of the plan. I guess he lives on the dark world. Ooh. <laughs> okay, well, the plan leading up to that. Okay, if it would have worked, it would have been brilliant. How was he supposed to know that it just automatically collects itself like little like little cockroaches coming all together in the air? Like that's not. We're not going to talk about that part. Uh, I see what Thor is definitely smarter in this movie than he is <laughs> the movies to follow. We, okay, we, can, we can all agree on that. I got Thank you. you, Brad. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're like, I don't agree with you, but okay, I'm just going to say that. All right. Any other positives for you, Noah, besides the... Uh, no, I feel, like we, I feel like we've been overwhelmingly positive, yeah. which I don't think this deserves. So I'm not speaking anymore. All right. <laughs> so unless so unless Brad has any more positive positives, then let's just get right in on into it. Why do you guys think does it deserve okay? So does Thor the Dark World deserve the hate to be number three on MCU's worst movies? I personally don't agree. I actually liked this one better than Thor Love and Thunder, personally. Um I, which I also didn't think deserves to be in the bottom 10 of the movies. But I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe it does if, if I watch every single one of them. Uh, Brad, you're shaking your head. Where yeah, you like, like I, I can't believe it. it's like insane. And like, yeah, eventually we get to the point, you know, I know for a few of them, we said, no, it doesn't deserve to be this low. And like, eventually we're going to get to the point where some of those movies have to be there. Like it just mathematically is going to work out that way. But I think it's, I, I don't see any reason why this would be the third worst movie like I actually enjoy it. The, vi the villain is maybe one of the worst villains, and that's an important part of a movie, so it, it I can't just brush it off and say, like, well, aside from the villain not being good, but, I mean, so that is, like, you know, a big problem that they had this really lame, generic villain that was kind of just plugged in of, oh, he just wants doom and decay, and just because, you know, and accept that, but, you know, I, I really enjoy it. Like I said, like, you know, I, I won't say it's my favorite of the Thor movies, but it's my favorite it's the most I enjoyed watching him in a movie other than, oh, he's really funny in this movie or, oh, he made me laugh in this. Like, I felt this like had the best character development for him and I enjoyed it. I think if you would have taken Christian Bale out of Love and Thunder, oh, put him in this movie, it yeah. would be this would be Ooh. one of the best. Like a yeah. top tier villain like that, like and makes sense and has a backstory like stronger than this one. I think it would have made this would have made it probably one of the best like superhero movies ever. I think so. Too. Noah, you're kind of. That is such a bold statement. Um, <laughs> that was so a hot this take. This is the third MCU we've talked about. Um, the first one being Thor, Love and Thunder, then Eternals. And we all pretty much unanimously agreed that both of those films did not deserve to be in the bottom. I think this one unequivocally does deserve to be in the bottom. And I think that this one is, I think this one is maybe the worst. No, I, I dislike 
probably Iron Man two and three worse than this, but it's mm. yeah, top three or bottom three for sure. I mean, this movie, they're like, let's be honest here. We all are freaking nerds, right? We love this kind of stuff. We love the stories behind it. We love the films. We love the, the graphics. We love the acting. We love all the stuff we love, right? So none of these movies ever are going to be like, oh my God, I, I, I literally can't even watch this. This is just such garbage. None of them will be like that. So this is the closest, closest to it for me though, because mm. Thor, yeah, there's family stuff for sure. But I think they, you know, part of that with Odin, as I said before, was not utilized in a way that I liked. Um, Loki is always great. And I feel like we didn't give him enough love yeah. in this, uh, in this podcast yet. Cause he's just, I don't yeah. know. Tom Wilson is, is awesome. Um, I said, did you have any more overall positives? You said, I'm done with know, the positives. Know, know, Let's get to the negatives. <laughs> but, but that's how the, this is a positive interwoven within all of that. <laughs> you so, had a plan. You had a plan. I did. I did. So, I mean, Jane Foster thought, sucked. The Basically, all of the humans in this movie sucked. Uh, the villain was awful. The, the plan was awful. The plot of the movie, I thought, was pretty bad. I mean, things were nonsensical. Like, again, I, I mentioned it before, but I really think it was very stupid how like they find these portals somehow that they don't really explain and then the, the one that she's in just happens to bring her to this ancient power like it, i thought that was just really dumb and just a device to keep the plot moving um or to really get the plot off the ground i guess um but the writing wasn't good i mean like really there, there's not many but the, the it's more trying to pick positives in my opinion just to say that they're positives but yes this movie was not good and i think it does easily deserve to be in the bottom three all right well then you are a rotten tomato hater so you're the one the ones that did the thumbs down on it so yeah and you got people agree with me yeah you got your wish you got your wish with all your thumbs downs on it so kate how did how did you do you feel as strongly as noah do you feel somewhere mm -hmm. around where brad's thinking <clears throat> so i'm kind of in the middle a little bit because I remember this movie being very, very bad and like really hating it. And upon the rewatch, I didn't think it was as bad as I remembered. So like, I will give it some points for that. Um, so I don't know if it deserves all the hate that it gets. Cause I feel like everybody I know is like, Oh my God, that's one of the worst Marvel movies. Um, but I will say, I do think it deserves to be in the bottom 10. Um, maybe not in the bottom three, like Noah said, but I do think it's like definitely one of the lower movies because so many of the MCU movies are so good. It's like something has to be at the bottom. And this is one that I think could definitely be there. Um, and I think like one of um, the main reasons for me is the villain. I, I hated the villain. I don't think it made much sense. Yeah. Um, and then Brad also made a really good point after we watched this, like in person, we were talking about it. Um, this movie came out right after Avengers. So I was I just going to say that I was like, it's, it's oh, no, no, no. It's so totally fine. It's sandwiched between Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So, yeah, I, I don't mean. know when Guardians came out, but like. If you're watching this after the first Avengers movie, like, yeah, you're going to be like, I'm so underwhelmed by this. You know, obviously there's way more characters in that one. The plot is cool. Like, it was just a really great movie. Um, so I think that that maybe had something to do with it of yeah. why a lot of people don't like it. 
So. Yeah, you went from Tony Stark bantering with Captain America and Thor to all of a sudden I've got Jane Foster and the intern. So, <laughs> phase... And the intern's intern, don't forget that. So phase one concluded with Avengers and phase two started with Iron Man 3, which is god-awful, then <laughs> which is god-awful, and then it went a couple wins. It, it, it then was Captain America Winter Soldier, which is incredible, and Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, which is also incredible. Um, so, yeah. So I'm wondering then, that would be interesting to keep on exploring further to see, like, what movies are directly around it, because that your point Kate that must have a really big effect yeah you're coming out of Thor coming out of Avengers being like holy shit yeah. and you got Tony Stark whatever Iron Man 3 and you're coming to this and you're just like fuck like two yeah. shit movies in a row yeah. like or two movies that aren't quite built up to that expectation that you set in Avengers so that's a really good point so I guess like I mean I don't know I don't think it deserves I was very entertained by it but they're after talking Definitely, there was a lot of low points for me. So is there anything else you guys would like to discuss that we haven't hit on before we give a little a little uh, tease of what we're going to be talking about next week? Oh, Easter eggs. I almost forget the Easter eggs. <laughs> I always forget the Easter eggs, even though I was very great at hunting them as a child. <laughs> um, so before we get into uh, where do we, oh, and then where do we go from here? I don't know if we have anything for where do we go from here. But, yeah, I've uh, got a really quick Easter egg. Something I just thought was cool yeah. is the uh, the rock creature that Thor mm -hmm. and them fight at the beginning of the movie that uh, was actually the first ever villain that Thor fights in his first ever comic book appearance. So mm -hmm. I thought that was like a little cool Jack. Like I knew right when they were fighting this rock creature, I was like, that looks exactly like a Jack Kirby character. So I looked up like, I'm sure there's some backstory. And then I saw like first appeared in the comic books and I was like, Oh, that's Thor's first appearance. So it's uh, the stone man of something or other, some planet. They're like the stone men from Saturn. And oh. so that's a cool little stone, stone men go to Saturn. Women go to Venus or Cronins. They, they can also go by Cronins, but that's the race that Thor fights in his first ever comic book appearance so i thought it was cool that you know one of them gets a little spotlight here in this movie and gets his ass kicked and we move on i was gonna say can you like the fact that quick. what was that he got his ass kicked real quick too yeah <laughs> like <laughs> uppercut freaking exploded him <laughs> everyone's all like yeah you're gonna like you're gonna really you just really hate that like this rocket comes out you guys are going to really be sad that you're trying to come here and then all of a sudden like he just gets obliterated within 0 0.02 seconds and then they're all like oh shit like okay yeah we give up like that was like your diamond in the rough and like <laughs> that was your ace in your pocket and you're like all right yeah like all right he just got obliterated yeah he's a fucking rock what are you talking about anyways so is that the same race as like his best as his bestie in no cord no 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 all right Similar sounding, Cronin's, Korg, you know, I, I could see it, but they seem to be a little bit like larger. It kind of reminded me of another popular like Jack Kirby like comic book is what do you call the Easter egg head statues, you know? Oh, yes. Those big famous like. Yeah, I think statues. it's just the Easter Island. Yeah. Statues. Like there's like a Jack Kirby comic book about those coming to life. And when I saw this, it reminded me of that, which is what made me see. So I, there's a lot, you know, you got the thing. You've got you got lots of rock creatures, I guess, in the Marvel universe. Rock people. 
Noah, did you have any Easter? I think you mentioned your Easter eggs earlier, but was there any that you didn't touch on or did, that you want to expand on? I mean, no, it's just that the, the Easter egg is the, the ether, right? Because that's when it comes down to it, that is the only thing that's important about this movie because that's what makes a tie into the larger story. If that wasn't, I mean, this movie is already forgettable in my opinion. If the ether and something that directly ties into the rest of the Infinity Saga wasn't a major part of this, it would be even more so. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get the collector, the introduction to the collector. In the post but, but that kind of goes with what you're saying. That's also tied to the stones. But him yeah. being like two down, like, it's like, okay, now the stones are starting to be in the same place. Like, and you know, you already know at this point, Thanos has been introduced in Avengers. So, you know, like, okay, this is where Thanos must be heading. So, and he does, know, he wipes it out. He yeah. pulls all of them. Yeah. So, in retrospect, like, I mean, that's kind of cool. And, you know, like, anytime I, I'm excited to see, I forget what movie, what do you remember what movie it was, the post credit scene where Thanos, like, glad, grabs the glove at the end and is if, like, is like, if you want something done right, kind of thing. That was Avengers. No, Avengers is when when he's told like to court to fight Earth means to court death, and he just kind of turns towards the camera and grins. That he doesn't have the glove in that. Scene. Oh, then maybe it was Guardians. I Ma- my gut said Guardians. No, Guardians. He just appears. It's after he like one of his other henchmen fails, and the end credit scene is Thanos like going into a safe, and he takes out the glove and he puts it on and says, "If you want something done right, do it yourself." And it's at that oh, point, you it's, know. It's Age of Ultron. Maybe, yeah. So I'm like it looking is. forward to see that one. So yeah, that maybe, as yeah, you just looked it up. <laughs> like, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a possibility. <laughs> we'll have to look into that further. <laughs> that is an MCU movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking, I was looking forward to rewatching that movie as it is. Like, I'm really just looking forward to that one. I think that one might be another one that's a little bit better once you kind of know the ones that follow. So more reason to look forward to us reaching that one on our list. All right. So before we let everyone know what we're going to be doing next week, I just had a question just for myself. So obviously Loki was at the end pretending to be his dad, Odin, the King of Asgard. Is it safe to assume then that Loki has him like locked up somewhere? What is that? Just what the, in, in, uh, Ragnarok, because basically Loki, I want to say like, sends him to was he on earth yeah, i'm and trying oh he, yeah he, he's he, inside he, someone else's like body he, or something he maybe sends them away and because of that because he's away from asgard because like all of these asgardians they get their power from asgard and so when odin has been away that's how he dies and he like fades he fades off into dust mm-hmm. in ragnarok um because loki sent him away and he was gone from Asgard that long. So that's why Thor was pissed off at Loki again for basically killing their father. (laughs) So how did he get like, how was he able to do that? Because at that point he didn't know that Loki had done anything good. Like Thor hadn't had the chance to explain that yet. So how did they let him get so close thinking that he's still a bad guy should be a prisoner? I mean, he could take any form, so he might have just disguised himself as Thor for all we know. Mm. Marched mm. in there, like, looking like Thor and then sabotage him or something. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, thank you guys for quenching that. Any last thoughts before we get into what we're going to be covering next week? What do we got next, Kels? All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we're going to take another break. I know. 
two breaks in three weeks. We're so lazy. No, but we're just so excited because obviously three of us are huge Lord of the Rings fans, or at least I am. Maybe I think Brad is. Noah, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? I enjoy it. Noah likes it. You guys like it. I love Lord of the Rings. Kate has actually not seen Lord of the Rings, so this will be very interesting. Rings of Power comes out this upcoming Friday, September 2nd. So we'll be watching the first two episodes that drop on Amazon Prime. Let you know our thoughts. It'll be really interesting for someone who is a huge LOTR head uh, and a few mild fans, I guess, according to you guys. And uh, someone that has never seen it before. So please make sure to tune in. Like I said earlier in this episode, please make sure to follow us at Superhero Faces on Twitter. Superhero Faces on YouTube, as well as Facebook, and at Superhero underscore Faces on Instagram. Like, share, comment. Please help us as we are trying to spread the word and spread positivity through superheroes and through pop culture. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We'll see you right here next week for Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. See you then. Bye, guys.